0: This is Main Street on Prairie Public. I'm Ashley Thornburg. And Tuesdays in March, we have been examining the North Dakota teacher retention crisis. We're doing this in partnership with North Dakota United. The Public Affairs Director, Tom Gerhardt, is interviewing teachers who have left the profession, those who remain in the classroom, and those who shape public policy affecting what happens in schools across North Dakota. Last week, we heard from a teacher who decided to leave after 15 years working in schools around the Bismarck area. And today, we are continuing that series with a Fargo teacher who is also leaving the profession and a Minot teacher who remains in the classroom. Christy Renke is the 2021 North Dakota Teacher of the Year from the Jim Hill Middle School in Minot. In this excerpt, she talks about morale, the support that students need, and what needs to happen to keep teachers teaching.
1: Christy, you got to look at the educator retention survey that we did at North Dakota United in January. What were your thoughts when you first saw the questions and then second uh, as we followed up with the press release, saw uh, the results.
2: Yeah, when I saw the survey uh, come out, you know, all the questions were definitely questions that needed to be asked. And then when I saw the results, it broke my heart. i I wasn't surprised by any of the results. Let's just say that. Um, I know just from talking to many, many teachers, um, you know, even locally, it didn't surprise me, but then also to find out that this is going you know on and around the whole state. and the whole country, realistically.
1: I know as a teacher of the year, uh, you were recently out of state meeting with other uh, national state teachers of the year. So you do have that national perspective and local perspective. Can you tell me about any conversations? I know you were at the uh, college football championship game in Indianapolis. Did you have any conversations with educators there about challenges they're facing across the country? And then secondly, in a broad sense, can you tell us what's happening in Minot?
2: Definitely the majority of our Our conversations in Indianapolis uh, with the other teacher of the years were focused on what is going on right now nationally. A lot of the conversations went into just teacher morale um, and just all the extra things that are being added to teachers' plates in a time where, you know, we're already just so worried about the safety of our coworkers, the safety of our students. It's a problem everywhere, sub shortages. Um, These amazing teachers that I'm talking to are talking about leaving the classroom. A lot of them, you know, they're teacher of the year. They are leaders in their state and they're talking about leaving the classroom. These are the teachers that we need in our classrooms. And so it is just something has to be done to keep the teachers in the classroom. You know, I read in the survey how, what, 40% of teachers now can see themselves retiring from teaching. That wasn't a thing. I mean, you know, teachers retired with 30, 35, 40 years of teaching service. And now we have just such a high amount of Teachers leaving early locally—that's it's the same situation. I know a lot of teachers that are, you know, looking at other avenues, um, using their degrees in other places. We get into teaching to help students and. There's a lot of other avenues that teachers could go into to continue to help students. I want them to stay in the classroom.
1: You touched on a couple of factors that are impacting teachers, but could you dig into those specifics a little bit more? What are the the challenges and the obstacles and the pressures that are be put, being put on people like you and, and folks that you work with in Minot?
2: You know, one big thing that I know is... is a worry of a lot of educators or just staff members in general, maybe just not feeling supported. Um, There's just a lot of students who right now have gone, you know, the, the distance teaching or the distance learning really kind of created a havoc in some of these kiddos. They miss so much of being in the classroom that now that they're back, they kind of forget how to act. And I don't want to blame the pandemic for that. But realistically, it's a big part of it. So now we are working so hard at trying to help these kiddos with their social emotional learning, their trauma that they've been through. Um, And truthfully, a topic that I feel like is never really addressed is the compassion fatigue of the adults. You know, we work very, very hard to help these kids and to make sure that they know how valued they are. But there's not a lot of people doing that for the teachers and the staff members. And so we're taking taking on all this compassion fatigue from kiddos and working so hard, but we're forgetting to take care of our own mental health and that's seeing a toll.
1: One of the statistics that came out of our survey, which included over 1,100 responses, which was pretty substantial, is 40% of teachers say they don't feel appreciated. But I think contrasting uh, this number I'm about to say to that, uh, really drives home a point. Only 5% of educators say they did indeed feel appreciated. 5%.
2: You know, and I think that what's startling there, and we're lucky here, we have a, in Minot, we have a great community of parents. We have felt very, very supported by parents. And so I don't want them to feel like they haven't done, you know, their, their part. Where I think, and this could be me just guessing, the supporting part, I feel like potentially comes from the legislature, um, the administrative, people that are making the decisions. And although they might believe that what they're doing is supporting, I don't think teachers and educators and staff members are feeling that exact same way. I'll
1: follow up in a few questions and see if you have thoughts on what we could do to help out our educators. But I was wondering, while we're on the topic of of some of the challenges, uh, are there some personal stories that you could share and conversations you've had with fellow teachers In Minot, you mentioned nationally, some of our great teachers are thinking about leaving the classroom. I'm assuming that's the same in in Minot and the surrounding area and all across North Dakota.
2: It is. It's the same. Um, I This year, I've been very, very involved in our union for many, many years. And I'm going to say this year, I've probably gotten the most messages asking about retirement and asking about... you know, what would happen if contracts were broken and stuff like that? It's startling. It's startling. And I, and a lot of times I have to tell the teachers, you've got to stick out your contract at least, you know, and then do the best to support them to finish out the year. But I know a lot of teachers that, like I said, are looking elsewhere. And these are teachers that... I could have seen retiring together after 30 years. Have you
1: noticed in conversations that you've had that the issues facing our educators, is it more of a problem with younger teachers or veteran teachers, or is it pretty similar across the board?
2: It's, I would say it's definitely more similar across the board. I've noticed both. Uh, veteran teachers and new teachers struggling. Um, One of the things I've noticed with new teachers is we're not getting as many practicum students and student teachers because I think that there are just so many opportunities now for people that are interested in going to education that sometimes they figure out before they get into those third, fourth years that they're going to do something else. And what I've noticed about veteran teachers is a lot of them are leaving before their actual, you know, full retirement benefits are kicking in. And so they're leaving and then still having to go find a new job for 25, 30 hours a week. But they're willing to do that because at this point, you know, the, the stress and the burden on their mental health, um, on their physical health is is just too much. And so they're looking elsewhere for them.
1: Let's pivot a little bit and talk about maybe solutions is is too uh, hopeful of a word. But what are some things that could be done to help educators in Minot, in North Dakota, in the country? I think, uh, you know, North Dakota United President Nick Archuleta always says, number one, we need to listen to educators. So I don't know if you've given that any thought, but what comes to mind? And and maybe you want to take it from a legislative perspective and break it down into silos to uh, help at least bring some awareness to those outside of education?
2: I think, you know, one big thing that would alleviate a lot of the the issues are protection of planning time. You know, everybody gets time during their day to do their grading and to plan for these really great lessons that we're trying to plan. But then it's often being taken away to do this meeting or go here. And right now, we're using all our planning time to sub because we cannot find any subs. I think locally, one of the biggest things for us that would help is to streamline the subbing situation here in Minot. I don't know what the actual process is, but I know that people have had to go back three, four, five times to do different parts of the subbing. I just feel like there has to be some other way to make it easier because we need these bodies in the buildings and right now teachers are recovering for each other teachers are coming in sick because they don't want to put that burden on each other somehow helping the subbing situation um, would help grateful we'd be so grateful for that you know another thing is just to stop adding things to our plate um You know, in our district, we say, you know, there's two initiatives, but then all these layers below it that just seem to be another thing, you know, just maybe dial that down, take some stuff off our plate, give us time to breathe, give us time to take care of our ourselves without just throwing around the self care word, let us actually self care, you know, it seems so little, but I just think. Things like that would be so helpful.
1: We've circled back to this topic in conversations I've had with other coworkers and educators, and just the fact that moving forward and trying to solve this "quote unquote" is going to take all of us. Um, it's going to be an effort from parents, from administrators, from legislators, from citizens, from teachers. Just your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I, it's the, the whole. It takes a village. It really takes a village. Um, and like I said, I know that you know the kids are our priority. They always have been. They always will be. But if staff are not feeling, you know, with high morale, if they're not feeling cared for, if they're not feeling um, appreciative, they're going to go somewhere else. And then who is going to take care of the kids? That is truly the thing. Every time I think a teacher um, or a staff member makes some type of comment or, or something like that, I think people take it as us not liking our job. I mean, we love our job. We love our job so much. I would do anything to retire from my job when I'm ready to retire. But we've also got to put our mental health. That's got to be the priority for all people involved, all stakeholders,
0: all stakeholders. They just have to trust that we're going to do what's best for kids and let us do that. 2021 North Dakota Teacher of the Year, Christy Rinke from Minot, visiting with North Dakota United's Tom Gerhardt.
1: I'm joined by a former Fargo teacher and North Dakota United member who spent over 10 years in the profession. And let's start at the beginning. When did you get interested in becoming a teacher? When What planted that seed?
3: Yeah, so I think like a lot of teachers, that seed is planted from our teachers and coaches that we had back when we were in high school, right? I had great coaches, I had great teachers, and they did, they did a lot for me. And one particular coach, I I said, I can't pay you back for everything you did for me. And he said, you don't pay it back, you pay it forward.
1: So I became a teacher. That's funny how just one or two things that teachers say to us can stick with us forever. That line obviously resonated with you. Yep, 20-some years later. Speaking of your time in the classroom, and it sounds like maybe coaching too, what did you love about it?
3: What a lot of teachers get into the floor is helping kids. We've been where they are. It's not easy for. It's easier for some than others, and it's about building those relationships and being with them on their journey and hopefully helping them reach, you know, the best that they can be.
1: What kind of teacher were you in the classroom? Motivator, I guess. I don't know. I uh,
3: I like to push. And, and that level of push is different for each kid, right? And I think that's the beauty of teaching is you, like I said a moment ago, you get to, you get to help them be the best that they are, you, not in comparison to anybody else. You know, you get to. M- let Johnny be the best that Johnny can be and Susie be the best that Susie can be. And that's what I pushed him to. And, and that's just kind of how I've always been. That's what my teachers did for me.
1: So I mentioned you spent over 10 years as an educator. It was obviously something that you already mentioned that a former coach really made an impact on you. And I'm, s- I'm sure other teachers did as well. When did you start thinking about leaving and and why did you make that decision? You know, over the almost decade and a half that I was a teacher, there's definitely
3: been a, a pendulum swing, and I think the value of teachers for me, it finally just got to a place where I felt like, you know, my livelihood, and my family was always on the line. I was just one upset parent away from, you know, losing my job or, you know, in addition to the disrespect, that's just not something people should have to deal with when they go to work every day. And to be completely honest with you, talking to some veteran teachers, they said, um, you know, we're too close to the end. We can't get out and get out while you can. Can you see yourself doing this for 20 more years? And the answer is clearly no. And it's scary as a teacher because that's our degree. It, you know, they want us to think that, um, our skills aren't transferable and, and you feel stuck. And, you know, the, the, I thought the grass might be greener on the other side or that I was thinking it was greener on the other side and I was nervous to go, but it was a great move. And it's, uh, it's sad to say that, that leaving, leaving education is a great move, but the way the world's turning, obviously I'm not the only one. <laughs>
1: Is it fair to say, I mean, you mentioned a few factors. Is it a multitude of things, some greater, some lesser also that come into play?
3: The teachers that do it for 30-some years are a lot tougher than I am. (laughs) They have a lot more resolve than I do uh, because over time, it just got to a point to where, you know, getting sworn at by a kid or being assaulted in different ways or, you know, those things get to you. You know, I guess full disclosure when you don't feel like you have the support of the school board. You know, a, a big thing for me was when they, you know, proposed the single salary scheduling, that was a big one for me because I felt like I had done what I was supposed to do to get my education and continue my education to further my income and support my family. And then, you know, they tried to take that away and then being called expendable by the school board. It's just not, again, it's just not an environment that anybody should have to work in.
1: Are there any things that come to your mind as solutions or at least things we could work toward so that we can keep this noble profession moving forward and frankly keep educating our kids and which obviously has an impact not only in our communities in our state but on our world you know i think
3: i think there's a couple of major factors there's been and again you know it's not everybody right it, the old saying is you spend Ninety percent of your time on ten percent of the problems, right, or ten percent of the people. It's not everybody, but there is a culture change that that teachers aren't valued the way they used to be. I mean, there used to be a respect for the profession, and again, it's not everybody. I think that is a cultural issue that we deal with. Now, that's not to say that I wasn't supported by administration in 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 my time. You know, when I left, I had no qualms with with the administrators that I worked with. So I just want to be fair and blunt about that. But you know, in regard to the school board, it seems so combative all the time. It was it was wasn't transparent. You know, I don't know if putting a teacher on the school board is a solution, if that would help anything. Uh, you know, just that, that notion, that idea about teachers, that they are a placeholder right there, there. And we will, we've got, you can throw a rock and hit four colleges that have teaching degrees here. They'll, they'll replace you, right? That's, that's the mentality and and that's how you're treated. And until there's a desire to find value in in educators, especially here in Fargo, I don't think that's going to change. And again, it's not everyone. I don't feel like that for my administrators. I didn't feel like that for my coworkers, but particularly from the school board, that was definitely a common sentiment and morale was low.
1: Do you feel like this is a really critical junction where we need to start respecting educators more, listening to educators more, considering their voice, taking some steps to really uplift the profession and to encourage younger people to enter the profession and then find ways to support them? So I'll start with your last point. I think young educators are thrown into the
3: fire and there is not the support system for them that there should be. Because in all honesty, you don't really learn how to teach until your first year of teaching. You can student teach all you want. You can go to as many education classes as you want. You do not learn how to Teach until your first year of teaching. So there could definitely be a better support system for new teachers. And as far as respecting teachers, I mean, you should just respect everybody, right? And teacher and not teacher, but I'll, I'll go, kind of go back to what I said a little bit earlier that when you treat a human being or a position like an object, and it's just something to fill, you don't, you don't place a whole lot of value in that anymore. There's a whole lot of lip service and not a lot of action, I feel like in Fargo Public in, in regards to the great teachers that they have in, in that school district. And obviously something needs to be done, 141 teachers are leaving or have left. And that is, that's a detriment to our society, not just our teachers, not just our students, but those kids got to be educated by somebody. And that effect is going to be felt in Fargo
1: for decades. Any final thoughts on what we visited about today? I
3: commend those that are still doing it. And and I hope that, you know, if they're strong enough to stick it out, that there's a reprieve and, and some things start to change for them.
0: Tom Gerhardt is the Public Affairs Director for North Dakota United. He is doing this series on North Dakota teacher retention numbers across the state. Next week, we'll hear from North Dakota United President Nick Archuleta about what concerns him most from the Educator Retention Survey and what can be done to help turn the tide to retain teachers in North Dakota.